Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Brian Murphy, co-founder of footwear brand Leffler Vandal, which is celebrating 20 years in business this year. Since late 2020, Leffler Randall has more than tripled in size while opening its first two stores, adding new product categories, and expanding its office space to accommodate a growing team. I wanted to ask Brian how the company has overcome the common challenges of fashion brands over the past four years. I also wanted to discuss Leffler Randall's growth plans from here and if more stores are a key factor. Welcome, Brian. Hi, Jill. Great to see you. Oh my gosh. You're here on January 2nd. Ben, our podcast producer, and I may or may not have had a bet on whether or not you would cancel. Who does a podcast on January 2nd? No rest for you. <laughs> just right into it, right? Just just get it started. Get your, get your podcast in as soon as you can. <laughs> Lucky us. Well, talk to me. As somebody that's been a fashion brand co-founder... For 20 years, like coming out of the holidays, is it a different, as the years go on, is it a different experience? Like, were you actually able to rest? And whereas back in the day, was it probably like the most stressful time of year? That's when all the shopping happens. How would you describe it? Uh, You know, it's a really interesting point for our business. Our brand has never been a huge gifting brand. And and so it's not, you, you know, obviously the retail component is a little different. And, and that's been a bit of a change for the last, you know, three years since we opened the Soho door. But most of our shoppers are buying for themselves and it's kind of like a self-gift. Um, so it does, it, you know, it always has kind of been a month that isn't quite, you know, it doesn't pop off where, you know, sometimes you'll see March and we have a tremendous spring and summer business and then kind of like a back to school September business. Um so that's kind of a, you know, it's always been an interesting inflection or challenge for us. But, uh, you know, I think as we expand into more channels and and have more things to sell, um, it'll change. It'll evolve. Yeah. So spring and fall are typically a little bit higher business time. I think so. Yeah, I think so. That makes sense. Well, I was excited to talk to you today as our first podcast of the year because, well, for one, I know you. Second, I know you were friends, we're linked, we're on LinkedIn, we are. and I see your post. I feel like I know a lot about you just watching what you're up to on LinkedIn. And I found creeping that nine months ago, you put this post out there that was like, it basically listed a lot of the accomplishments that I mentioned in the intro about having opened your second retail store, your business tripling, you're expanding the office. And then there is a line in there. I think it's the same post, which I was like, Brian keeps it real. You're not going to sugarcoat stuff. You're going to tell me what's happening. But you were like, um, talking about surviving the pandemic. You said to the bank that tried to shut us down throughout 2020, <laughs> when we needed you the most, wait, you most, you pushed us to the brink of collapse. What happened during the pandemic? What were the struggles there? And wow, 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 I love wow, that you, you brought come. this up. Um, well, so let's talk about that. So you've, you've come out successful, we to have, say the least. We have, we have, uh, I've got the receipts. Um, <laughs> so we had never raised a ton of money outside, right? So like we weren't sick, let's say a, VC funded or, you know, private equity backed business uh, all the way through deep in 2020, right? So this was an independently financed mom and pop business, uh, 
finance kind of the traditional way through sort of SBA loans at the beginning and then bank financed based off a blend of receivables and inventory, you know, a, a, a literally a traditional, every type sort of a small business conventional setup, right? With being bank, with being bank financed, it's a strict, you know, covenants and, you know, monthly reporting to the bank. And, and I always love that because I was like, Hey, you know what? Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of eyeballs on the business. There's a lot of integrity in the numbers. Uh, everything has to be perfect, um, you know. And this is the way a real business is run. And I don't have to worry about kind of pleasing, you know, some VC capital that's got 52 bets bet spread across consumer. And um, it was, you know, I think it was that 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 setup had always really worked for us. Now, as I kind of said earlier, you know, we're kind of an event-driven business. We are specialty product. Our sort of style is for women that, you know, pay a lot of attention to the, their, how they look and feel. It's, it's, it's about empowering their kind of sense of self. And um, it wasn't product that performs particularly well in COVID, right? Like that was a, you know, like a, you know, drastic, drastic kind of athleisure moment, you know, and so that was tough for this business, uh, along with that, you know, in the wholesale environment, that was also uh, very difficult. We had already had a major wholesale partner, Barney's, you know, declare chapter 11 in 2019, right? So that was Q4-19. Um, and so it already, you know, it wasn't a great, retail environment going into COVID, let's just say. So um, we had all this great product. A lot of this product that drove the growth in 21, 22, 23 was in development, was being marketed, was for sale. 20 was slow with the bank. You know, look, we we bank with a different banking partner. We 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 now bank with JP Morgan Chase. We think they're the strongest, um, most reputable partner you can have. Um, we're very happy with the group we're in. Um, shout out to our consumer lending group at JP Morgan Chase. But you know, the bank, <laughs> the bank I was in prior um also wasn't super committed to the American market, also wasn't committed to the you know small medium sized business market they 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 had their own issues i i mean i think they're uh, uh you know not not a bank that and and, and wasn't us based and so for us um it was a very difficult 6 months with them i i how am i going to word this it was really scarring um i think it was a little I think that they I think that they knew that we were honest and that we were accountable and that we were transparent. And they, you know, I I feel like they wanted to close this business and they wanted to close that loan. And and we did not get PPP until deeper into the window that it was open. And look, like I have a crazy story. Like we didn't get the first tranche of PPP, and we actually had known someone in the White House like either in the SBA or, and I swear to God, we were, you know, this is, I've got three kids out of school. 
Uh, we we want and need this PP financing to bridge us. I'm reaching out to anyone I can get a hold of. Larry Kudlow, God bless him, from the White House, called me on my cell phone. In like, oh my god! In like, do your se- do your cell phone say White House? <laughs> it said like confidential, restricted. And he's like, "This is Larry Kudlow," and I'm like, "Oh my god!" And he's like, "We're do- we'll do everything we can. Remind me of your business name again." I'll get this, you know, straightened out. He's like, who's your bank? And I gave him the name. And he's like, well, you know, that's not a bank we like here in the White House. And I was like, yeah, well, me me and you both. We pulled out all the stops. Deep into 2020, we had met a family office at the, at the beginning of 20. Like, they had approached us about doing a collaboration with one of their other consumer businesses. We were like, hey, you know, we don't really have the bandwidth for something like that now. You know, we know that you like to invest in consumer space. Um, they're a non-New York-based family office. They're based in Memphis, Tennessee. We closed a initial round of fundraising with them. I would, I want to say Thanksgiving of 20. So it's been three years, a little bit over three years. And they've been nothing but, you know, super partners for us. Um, really, really nice people, really smart, really, really diligent, really talented and have opened up, you know, a lot of, you know, they've just, they've, they've leveled this business up in terms of just kind of reporting expectations, um, financial excellence and have really pushed me to kind of become less of kind of like the do-it-all founder. Look, first of all, I don't do anything related to creative or product, right? So I do legal, finance, retail, human resources. Jesse and I have a split segregation of this business. Um, And that's always worked really well for us. But, um, you know, they've kind of encouraged me to, you know, think about the business more sort of holistically what kind of systems integrations we need. This is really boring stuff that no one really This is like the good stuff. Yeah. I mean, so. And Jesse is heading up all of the creative. Jesse is your wife for those who don't know. (laughs) She is. And co-founder. Still married, um, thankfully, because that was a bit difficult that those that year. Um, I was going to ask. Yeah. I mean, on top of like working, I always ask husband and wife, business partners, like, how is that? And then throw, you're speaking my language. My father owns a totally different industry, a tool and die company that had to like literally the scary ass period where it's like, are we going to make it? There's no choice but to make it. And like doing the craziest things. No, I mean, it's so... I mean, it's so similar, you know, especially when you have kids in the mix and our house and their schools. And, you know, it was just like this wall of terror, really. And like, I think, I think when I said that, you know, that quote on LinkedIn, it's like, I I really didn't understand the nature of that bank relationship going in. Like, I I did not know they were going to turn and try to close us. Like, I had always thought like, oh, like, we'll get you through the bad times. And it's like, they were like, <laughs> we're clearing, like, we got to like, delever, you know, North America. And I was like, you know, it's funny, though, because a lot of the people involved in that are gone. They they either were laid off. Uh, I mean, that bank has done a bunch of lay, like, and so, you know, I, I hate to, I hate to, you know, I, I won't say it, but you know, 
It yeah. wasn't all that. We'll wish them well. Yeah, I wish them well. Whatever. Um, Pete, good riddance. Okay. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so that kind of sets ahead. the stage. So it's like, okay, COVID's, COVID wave initial is, is starting to wind down. This is Q3, Q4 of 20. Our product is popular. Our product is in demand. Our product is wanted. It's especially wanted for this echo boom in 21 of events, things that were backlogged, weddings, anniversaries still kind of slowly coming out of it 21 you know and like there were like waves remember like there was like i mean i can't remember all the covid waves but you know there was omnicrom and you know whatever variant so still like it was still a little haphazard and it was still a little you know up and down but 21 was super solid year for the business uh really grew um and we had also leased our first retail store. Let's talk about that time. January of 20. Like, I think I wrote that. January of 20. Oh, I didn't know that part. So I signed a lease. I signed our first lease in like late January of 20. I also, we also had replatformed Leffler.com in Jen. We had completed that February of 20. And there's a picture of me on my Instagram. Or maybe I'm the company. I can't remember. It's like myself and Jesse were sitting on this couch. It's February of 20. And like, I rarely have moments to like really celebrate the business. Like I rarely, I'm always like, like I worked yesterday. Like I worked, I worked on the 31st. Like I'm always kind of like, oh yeah, like there's something else we could do. Like I scouted retail space yesterday. Like I'm like, I'm ready to go. But like, um, that's why we get along well, Brian. Um, <laughs> I, I, there's a picture of me and I'm like, oh, like you're definitely like, exci- like you like what is happening in this business. Right. And like flash forward, like the next nine months was like literally the worst. Like Jesse was fine. Like, you know, like the product was great. Like, you know, the site was up. Your e-commerce site that was that worked to your advantage in some way. <laughs> you, know, the, you were ready. We were ready. I mean, yeah. So in a way, I think like maybe extended that site relaunch a year because, you know, now I think we're kind of like, uh, oh, maybe we start to tweak this. But um, uh, and so we had this lease, and this is a, a really great story. So it's not a huge store, right? Seven hundred fifty square feet, and it's you know, slightly off block. It's on Prince. It's like Nolita. It's a sublet. We subletted it initially from Sandra Maj. And we hadn't even started construction and it was COVID. So it's just dead, right? And so we sit on it. I reach out. Like all leases come with a period of free rent or, you know, construction allowances. And so I think we, you know, we get through those months and I think it's like late in June and I reach out to my contact at Sandra Maj and it's the CFO of the Americas, I believe was his title. Super, super, super nice guy. And honestly, like I say this story all the time, like he was very forgiving. He was a great partner. He was a tremendous landlord. And he was like, look, um, he's like, I got a hundred and, you know, he's like, look, I got 400 stores. He's like, this is like a store in the city we have with a weird landlord. And, you know, my I'm not in business to try to put you out of business. He's like, I also can't manage. Like, I just think he was very honest. Like, hey, I, I all my stores have some level of problem. And you're not alone. We'll get through this. 
And just like, nice. the, the, you know, and I think he had like a French accent and I was like, you know, this guy's making me feel good. And I thought that that partnership and him just be always being open to call every email, just, he was just like a pro. Like eventually my advisor was like, Hey, he's like, you know, it's August. We're like, he's like, well, we got to either start making money on the store or we got to bail on the store. He's like, you're just going to tell him you're not paying. And I'm like, well, let's, let's go into, let's just start doing it. Let's just, let's, let's try to make some money out of this thing. And so we went into construction. You could only have one person in the store at first. Then it was two people. Then it was, you know, the, the, you know, there was like a difficult retail moment with kind of the protest movements and, you know, the, everything got kind of boarded up. And so that was another kind of setback, but over time, you know, that store was built, that store's up, that store did $1.3 million its first 12 months, which was on 750 square feet, which I can't remember that math exactly, but it's a very productive door. Um, That's great. It officially, officially opened March, 2021. Yeah. Correct. And so okay. it's, you know, that's like a $1.3 million store, 750 square feet. So that was kind of like, Hey, we like physical retail. Um, we, we like the community it builds. We like the people involved. We like being able to have customer contact. We like kind of ancillary data that, that, and we like being able to kind of sell omni-channel and also integrate the site with it, right? Because it's all in the same POS. So we were, I was kind of like, hey, let's, you know, I think our plan is really ultimately to try to build like six to 10. That sounds a little vague. Like, is it going to be six or is it going to be 10? I think it kind of depends on like market to market. Um, the second the second store opening in Charleston, which we, I feel like just finished, but now it's been you know, a couple months that opened in November of 23. So look, that's a year and a half later. It's twice the size. It's in a little bit of a busier where where, where the Soho store is a little bit off block. This is on block um, the hot at the spot. end of the block, <laughs> at the end of the block. But, you know, it's really beautiful and it's, nice. and it's really first... special. And the first one's Cute. And, and it's basically like an expansion of what we had kind of the vernacular, the design motif there. Kind of like I say, it's like on steroids in Charleston and a little bit, we have a much bigger space. It's 1500 square feet. We have an additional thousand square feet of storage. So we have much more space. And so and you have more products. Like in March 2021, products. was it just footwear? You had already we had footwear and bags. bags. You had already, we had bags. Yes. We always have these cute bags. Um, I feel like that bag program is a, is a real opportunity for us, but yeah, primarily footwear and primarily specialty footwear, right? Primarily the pleats program, which is kind of like the hero core of the business. The pleated bow heel. Yeah. That business has <laughs> been a may monster. Have heard of it. It's a monster business. Um, God bless. Yes. But Charleston dovetails well with our expansion into apparel, right? So like, I think for fall 23 was the first like really full 30 plus style apparel business we have, which is only direct. We only sell that at retail. We only sell that online. Um, there's a bunch of reasons for that. We like how special that is. We had kind of, look, I mean, at like the end of 20 with like the financial partners, we were like, hey, like we'll have four stores open by 2024. Like I have two stores open and I don't have a third lease, you know? Um, 
So it's a while. It's it's slow. It's slower. I mean, I'm always like when I do this retail, right? It's a big part of my job. Like just like finding, thinking, where's it going to be? There's not much available. Um, but like, I think about people like Tori Birch, like God bless, like there, she's operating 300 stores, like doing that second store in Charleston was like a labor of love. Like our design team is omni-channel, right? So they work in marketing, they work on the products. They also work, oh, wow. they also work. It's unique. It's a, it's our unique kind of, I don't know, like secret sauce. It's our neat, <laughs> secret sauce. <laughs> our design team works in every medium. And our graphics teams work in every medium too. So meaning that like, we don't have a split marketing and design team. Like a lot of times, I think in more like flagship businesses, it's like the marketing team wants to go shoot this thing and design, you know, like there's no like tension about like, I think like they're designing and they're also thinking about how it's going to be visualized. And to be honest, like it's so, it's a big design team. Thankfully it's like 10, 12 people now. But like, they're also styling the shoot. They're also going on the shoot. They're also picking the furnishings of the store. They're also looking at the architect's draw. Like it is fully integrated and I'm fully That's out awesome. of it. I'm fully out of it. No, so, but, <laughs> Get but out I here. pick the site. I mean, I think ultimately, I think I usually pick the sites, but like it's collaborative, but like. They make it look good. On Charleston. I like to, but like on Charleston at the end of it, it was hard, right? It was like a really hard, you know, it was a new building. It's like, there's a lot of zoning things, a lot of just like, like whatever you would call like logistical schedule filing type stuff. But at the end of it, I was like, this is, and look, I've been working in creative or media or advertising or graphic design. I came here as a graphic designer in the late nineties. Like, I was like, this is the best creative project I might have ever done, been involved in. And I'm like, it's crazy. Like, this is like 30 years into you, like 25 years into your career, like almost 30 years That's into my great. career. I was like, wow, like, this is the best thing you've worked on ever. And now, uh, how are you going to outdo that for store number three? <laughs> well, but I have, uh, the, how are we going to do that for our store, for store number three? Store number three, I think we got to go international, um, out of the city, out of the country, and take a little bit, even a bigger space, maybe do like a European flagship. It's kind of like what I'm thinking. Oh, how cool. U UK market. Flagship. I was going to say UK. It just seemed, and also Charleston seems like a great fit. I feel like women dress up there more. They do. They do. They're, they Is have that great. They, one of the reasons? Uh, yes. I mean, I think it's really great insight by you. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't like a clear, direct, like a lot data alignment that I can point to and say, hey, like, you know, we pulled this out of the Shopify and this is what, but Jesse, Jesse herself um, has built these, I would say, like-minded communities in a couple different environments. Um, and in Charleston, we've spent a lot of time there um, in terms of just like either with the influencer community there, which is very strong um, or kind of like um, there's a very directional Southeast regional store that we always had a great partnership with. I think we had done maybe an event there, like a, like a, like a, 
you know, spring preview. Like it was always a market we spent time in. It's close. I love Charleston, actually, like just as like a place to go. I've always wanted to go. It's, it looks so dark. It's a quick, oh. it's an hour and a half flight. You know, it's like, and it's lovely. It's, it's, and it's, you know, it's great rest. It's, it, it, it's like a giant West Village. I, I don't nice. hope no one from Charleston I, gets offended. Don't get offended. Like it's like a giant, beautiful Westville with better weather. And so, like, um, so maybe you know, more affordable. Hopefully, <laughs> she has a nice community there. She has a nice community in South Texas because she's been going to Round Top for a couple of years. We have a really nice, you know, partnership with like some local, you know. So we spent. We looked. I looked in Houston, Austin, Dallas. These are stronger. DTC markets for us, San Francisco, Chicago, where I'm from, South Florida, DC, like, you know, I've looked everywhere. Yes. Um, and these all make sense. Um, I would love to do something in Texas. It just is, we haven't had the right opportunity yet, but London is another market we've spent a lot of time in. We, we've actually spent 10 years, like not going back and forth, but we've had a, a, press agent there for a long time we get we have a different type of press from the uk we have invested a lot of time being in there in person um and jesse has a lot of personal relationships and we'd like to move there right so these are all kind of like hey what works for us personally um so i think like a uk market flagship would be great uh you know that would be hopefully great. i can close you know it's a beautiful retail market. It is a competitive retail market, though. And it, 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 I think what appeals to me about the UK, it's a similar shopper as New York, right? It's a, you know, highly educated, um, wealthy, uh, urban, professional, sophisticated, um, you know, works in upscale PR, you know, like, and, and this is kind of our quad seasonal weather, you know, this is our this is our girl, right? And like, I see a lot of our girl there. I, see, I do see a lot of our girls in Charleston. We'll be right back after this quick break. That's interesting. I was going to ask who your girl is. That makes good sense. You, know, you described it pretty we well. We like this UK kind of, you know, literary agent, Potswald <laughs> weekender. Um, but uh, we, we, <laughs> you know, I think that would be the primary place we'd look. And then, you know, I had told, I think part of like the goals for 2024, I mean, we have these written down, but I was like, oh, we'll open two. We'll, we'll have one open and one lease sign. But, you know, it, it's really kind of like, uh, you know, you have to be really smart because. Wait for the right spot. Wait for the right spot. You know, there's that old saying, right? Like nothing kills a good brand better than bad real estate. But like, it's a real work to have it come together to be kind of perfect and to like really make, like when I'm in Charleston, I'm like, man, like. This is a, this is like, I don't know, like it's the ultimate. Well, no, it's just like I was there when it opened, like on opening night, and I was just like, you know, in your mind when you picture it coming out, and then it turns out like this. It really, it, there is a moment of like gratitude and appreciation, and 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 I think it is hard to do, and I think you can't do. I mean, I think there's a formula, like look, this is like the new retail model, right? Like it's all localized. I, is it localized for the it market? It feels a little localized, say? but it, it feels a little localized, but like we're in this weird in-between era, right? Where it's like, you have a lot of people in retail with experience, right? But they, they're from like a gap, a banana Republic or, you know, where those stores were 
huge, you know, 6,000 square feet stacked high with product, you know, the old Mickey Drexler thing, like the stack them high, let them fly. Like it it just doesn't work. And people don't want to go into those stores and feel like there's too much product in you, like, like a mountains of product on the table. Like I, I feel like that, and I still see a lot of brands using this model where it's like, Hey, we've got all this stuff. Come by. And I'm just like, oof, like, I, like I'm overwhelmed. Um, but then there was, then we, so that, that kind of was like, that's like the world I grew up in. Right. I'm an eighties mall kid. Um, and I've been to every store, every version of Victoria's secret that's ever been created. I, I was in, <laughs> it used to like every version of Brooks brother. I've been in every version of J crew. I've been in every version, every, like every creative director, like I've seen all this stuff that was set up. But so then we kind of flipped. I want to be try to be careful about how I say this. We had a new era of, I would say, largely DTC funded businesses from BC that went heavy into retail. This is, you know, last five, seven years. And a lot of them are super clinical. A lot of them look alike. A lot of them feel um distant to the customer and a lot of them look the same like you could be like it could be whatever name of this brand like movie or roomy or you know they all have those kind of like phonetic <laughs> names um yeah but like some of them are truly bad retailers and they shouldn't be doing it like uh uh you know there's some there's one in footwear that i just like i don't get this brand i don't get this store I don't want to go into this store because it looks like a dentist dentist office. Like it's just, they're too hard. They're too bare. They're very bare. And just like, I don't get it. Like, what are we doing here? Like, are we like, is this about like, you're appreciating the customer. You're trying to have a conversation. You're trying to meet them. You're trying to grow with them. Or it's like, it feels very like they're trying to like harvest, you know, your digital wallet. And that's all they care about. And like, I don't want to harvest your digital wall. I don't even think we can. Har- I don't know how to do that. Like I can, you know, and we, we are, we want to create like a joyous connection to the business and to, you know, we want to share the creative stuff that we're doing. And, and I don't know. I don't know. I guess yeah. like we're in a really weird place because I see a lot of, oh, look, I see a lot of this in food and bev too. Like you see these you see a lot a, a real joy returning to like these small boutique, you know, high touch food and beverage businesses like um Jack's White Friday is like a, is like the a great example. Like that is a real business, that is a real people, that is a real joy. And it's my favorite one, yeah. Maya's breakfast bowl. Come Amazing. To mama. Yeah. Okay, go on. You know, go but on. I'm just saying it's like <laughs> it, there in a lot of ways, it's kind of like the antithesis of like sweet green or like kind of this like i don't know but so i think there's there's tension there there's certainly tension in our world consumer space about this like and so we'll see we'll see where that shakes out i think for us for us to build to to build eight localized high touch spaces look i mean we're we're thrifty too we're not you know we're, we're not i don't have a huge budget to spend like you know i think both of those stores came out under under five hundred thousand dollars right that's like, great. 
I don't have a million dollars. It'll be your blood, sweat, and tears. But it I is feel a little like bit the, blood. It the is. harder work, the harder, the the higher the reward. Yeah, for your for your well, sake. True. I do feel like towards the end of this year, and Jesse actually just put a post on her, like Jesse Leffler Randall. We definitely came close to like burning a little out towards the end of last year. Like it was just a lot. Like that store coming up was a lot. And then it's like we got to go shoot marketing. There's a press preview. We've got three kids getting cut loose from school. Like I had COVID. Like no, yeah, um, you know, it's just <laughs> like you know, I I I feel like we're still kind of probably under resourced. You did grow the design team. You grew the space Thankfully. or the space. You're Talk such a good interviewer. You're such a good interviewer. So <laughs> um, we have a very nice Soho based showroom office, right? We've had the same space for seven years. It's been great. Beautiful. Love it. You know, we love working in person. We are in-person people, but you know, it's just like, we'd never had desk space. We like couldn't run an internship program. Like when someone new started, it was always like, Oh my God, like where's the, where like, it was just like, became like really hard to fit new hires or, and so where are we going to put this one? <laughs> yeah, it was hard. And so we had like a set desk count of like 48 for like a long forever. And finally the space next to us came available and we just kind of co-joining them. It's not done yet, but it's going to be like Jesse's design. I hate this word, but I'm going to say it atelier. I do not like that word, but I like it. It sounds fancy. <laughs> it does. But like, it's really workspace. She would probably call it like a workspace. You know, she's kind of got like a, that's almost done and she'll have her own office. Her creative director will have her own office. I'll have my own office all for the first time. Um, our accounting team is going to have their own office and we'll be able to, we'll have 14 empty desks, which will be like Look at incredible. You. Room to grow. Yes. Was I, am I right? Was there like, maybe it still exists, but was there a, a portion of time when you had a, like a remote kind of some sort of a content studio or content creation that. studio at industry. We City. do. We, yes. we love that. Tell me about this. We, well, so that was like our, what we read, we were out of space and we like to do everything in house, everything. So like, that means everything, like every photo, every sentence, you know? So we, <laughs> I think we had been outsourcing our e photography for a long time and we're like all right let's just you know we need to do this we ran out of space we leased a nice big space in industry and then we're like hey like it's beautiful like let's build like a sound stage let's build like a you know like my background's in art direction and graphic design and like i love theater that's why like i love retail like i love the theater of it so it's like let's build a theater like we could actually have like a podcast like you know all the stuff we actually didn't do the podcast studio because that was pre-COVID, but um, it's a really nice space. We have a really strong team and, you know, it's not too far away. We actually kind of live not too far from there. So it kind of works. Um, Industry City's fun and it's been nice having a big space to shoot. It's like, it's pretty like, honestly, Industry City is like kind of old school. It's like big, huge windows and like big, huge airy hallways and you know, I like that. I like, I I think that kind of creative work needs some space and air. Uh, and then hopefully, you know, look with this, uh, this apparel team has grown. This apparel business has grown. This apparel business is, this apparel business has grown. It's been, it's the fastest growing 
category business I have. Um, Fantastic. But it eats a lot of space. Like this is a channel we're not, sorry, category. We're not super versed in this, uh, you know, it's kind of a category we've kind of avoided for a long time. Like it's tricky. It's expensive. It's complex. It's, but it's growing your direct business. Well, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. I mean, it's like, it's lovely. I mean, it's really good. It's beautiful. Um, it's really, really good. I think it's really special. I'm like amazed that I, I mean, I think it's really special. I think, I I don't think it gets enough. Like, I think it's under undervalued or underappreciated. I mean, I think it's really, really, really special, but it needs more space. It needs like, there's tons of stuff that comes with it. And it's all over our office. It's all over our office. (laughs) More stores, more more stores. Talk to me. Our UK flagship. And then, you know, (laughs) if the landlord of Highland Park Village is listening, that's where we want to be. Or Brentwood Country Mart. Very two (gasps) landlords that do not want to seem to put us in there. I don't know why. Um, I'm open. Yes. I'm open. But look, I mean, I think, look, I think we could find something lo- they don't lovely know. in Dallas. Um, I don't know Dallas that well. It's hard. I don't know where you're from, but like, I think everyone's a little bit like, um, you know, you put yourself in kind of like a framework of what you know. And so like Charleston looks like the West Village, right? So I'm like, oh, I can like definitely see it here. And he's, London looks a lot like so like it and like so when i go to dallas i'm like wait like there's a freeway here and where do people walk around and i'm like yeah i don't know like i don't know like i have no clue you know like just (laughs) i've never been here before like it's a little bit weird that you just kind of like show up and you have like 12 like i went to nashville and I went to Nashville early December because there was like this cute store that I was like, oh, and like uh, like a brand that I really respect. And they they were leaving it. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll go look Nashville at Nashville is major. I was what like, I got to go look at this. And I fly down there and I'm like, like, I'm like, man, I have like four hours to like totally understand this city. And it's impossible. I can't. I don't get it. And like, I don't even know where I am. And I'm not even <laughs> staying here. I'm going back tonight. So like. I don't know. It was a bummer. It's too fast. What did you, you know, you've learned retail is a hell of a lot of work. Like outside of that, um, I mean, you're dealing newly dealing with your own associates and store managers and a whole different like can of worms. But did anything else, I guess, surprise you about it or you wish you had known going in outside of just it's so much work? That's a really good question. So I think I said for us for goals for 2024, right? Like is you know, we want to be an $80 million business with a hundred employees. Right. So how do we get there? Like, I I doubt we're going to accomplish that this year, but like we could definitely accomplish that within 18 months. But I said for that, that means, you know, we'll have, we'll, the, we'll have a majority of our employees will be working retail, meaning like 55% of that hundred employee, 55 of the hundred will be people working in the store. So, I said, um, so if that's the goal, what what would I know? You asked, what what would you really need to know? I do think that those store manager roles are super duper critical. Um, we are blessed with having a, a wonderful team, 
here. We've always had a very strong team in New York. Like that's just been fortunate. There's a lot of women who either came to us part-time. There's a lot of women that have been, who've worked in that store or work in it currently that were, you know, people that had worked interned for us a while back. And now we're looking for a part-time role. Um, you know, people have been connected with us like through the years. Um, they have a friend, a sister, a friend from college's younger sister. You know, it's been awesome that way. Um, but it it really does start with like a really strong, you know, manager. Um, in Charleston, we were incredibly fortunate. Um, I that team feels like uh, of a version of, of the New York store. Like uh, none of those people had connections to us. And I don't think many, either of them, you know, knew the brand super well, but what I also am interested in is if I can create a little bit of like a collaborative flow where like people from Charleston, like there's a really, really directional fashion assistant manager in Charleston who I, who I would love to have work in New York for for a month. Like, can I, can I, are we able to create some sort of interconnected retail staff? Because I I do think managing a retail staff of that size will require a you know really special human talent manager. We have a senior retail manager who comes to us from Apple, and we're very optimistic about uh, her human talent management skill. You know, I think Apple has, uh, you know, from what, what we understood after through meeting her was, you know, the, the development. I mean, I think development of all of, of every role here has always been kind of something I'm very focused on. Like, look, like everyone's going to leave your business. Like you have to be comfortable that after two years, after three years, after five years, People are going to leave. You want to really make sure that where they're going and the roles that they're being asked to do are, you know, I don't know if it's flattering to you or like, you know, that you want, you, you want to, that kind of alumni is always been really important to me. There's some brands that really do a good job managing that alumni. Um, I think we could do a better job of it for certain. Um, I think that, you know, I think that, keeping in mind their development as well as like, you know, that it is um, the selling part of that role is important. So Charleston will do 1.6 million. So it'll probably, but it's, you know, and that, Amazing. and that I don't know, you know, I, you know, I hear these crazy numbers who are like, Oh, like, you know, someone said the Kate store and Mercer does 10 million. I was like, there's no way that's possible. Holy you know, cow. there's like, I, I can't believe that number, but you know, God bless. Like, I mean, I think it, look, I mean, <laughs> they've done you. well. It can be a really, it can be a very viable business. And, 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 you know, look, we, we've always loved wholesale. We love our wholesale partners, but like you have a lot more control in this channel. You know, you have a, you know, it's just a different, it's a different model. Your retail partners where I'm doing the math here of your 80 million, you've got maybe, Three million in stores. You've got a no. I'll do, I'll do no for in, in the eighty million. Oh no! Well, you're you're going to reach well, eighty million dollar brand yeah, in eighteen months. Eighteen months. What's going to be the say, breakdown? It you know look. It has to be like what's happening through through retail partners. What's happening through at eighty million? I mean twenty five to thirty. Nice, right? The site's doing I like that feels good. Site's doing yeah. thirty five. 
the rest the rest is retail and then maybe some off pricing Heck yeah. But we don't tell anyone about I mean, that last part. I know, but like Matt Scanlon, I like I keep quoting Matt Scanlon. Like back in the day, he said like he was breaking down like you need this sort of strategy, you need an off price strategy, you need this. Because I questioned him showing up. I was like, I saw your brand's newly in this this off price channel, and he was like, Well, duh, we have an off price strategy. Like, and he like broke it down. Um, yeah, that's just part of it. Yeah, off price you is agree? it part of it? Um. When it has to be part of it, I mean, I think. Look, that was not a problem. We, we've that hasn't been a problem. Um, it's not something you want to get deep in. Uh, look, I mean, there's a whole, there's two whole worlds of thought of that, right? Like, so you know, some of those some brands are building tons of stores at Tangier Outlet. You know, like, I mean, I think most product in America is sold in these off-price channels at this point. And for most brands, you know, and and good brands, even like, I don't want to name names, but like, you know, everyone knows these big, huge flagship brands. I mean, they're selling a lot of stuff in Woodbury Commons. And so, you know, that's not, no. I mean, that we, we're, we're a ways from that. Yes. There's a discount shopper for better or worse. They're looking for a sale. They just want something labeled a sale. <laughs> it's an entirely it's different a- production world too. It's it's like it's it has a dark side well tell me i'm taking up all of your time you're celebrating 20 years are you gonna do it up are there celebrations is that a 25 20, year thing i don't, I don't know. know i don't know um, are you gonna take your minute and do a little happy dance for the brand and your I, hard work and success I, I i i doubt it i mean that's really that's not like i, I that's not like a self-celebration's never really been like a big um you know, calling card of ours. I, you know, I, I'll have to. You know, I think, I think fall '05 was the first season, so I think we have a ways. Like we can play. Oh, you do. Yeah, have we, some have, time. we have. We have. I mean, I think the 20 year actual incorporation anniversary is like in April, but yeah, we have some time. I don't know. Maybe our original product was just like work heel. Like it was so, so weird because it was like a different era, but like um, that work heel, the original was was made in Italy. was was like really beautiful when it came out. It was like I can't remember. It was like a non stiletto. It was like a big point of differentiation. This is like two thousand five, right? It was like Sex in the City stiletto jean world. So that heel was like our original calling card, but the last. That we were, we, we like for the first like three years, we made everything in Italy. That last like disappeared with like this emotional relationship that broke down with us with our original supplier. And I love this family, I love them. They were so great. They like really got us on our feet. God, I can't remember what their names were, but um, they had the small family factory and it's very charming. The dad worked there, the brother worked there, Franco, duh. And so, I was like, I want to like do like a documentary, like a fake documentary, like a spinal tap, you know, Christopher Guest type thing starring Jesse's mother. Cause she always asks about the silly heel. And we go back to that old factory and we film Jesse's mom trying to like convince them to give us our last back. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Seems like a long Bring thought. back the 
work heel. Yeah. It could be amazing. So are been. these selling like ungrailed for like thousands you know, of dollars? It's funny. It's funny you ask that because our my daughter's now super into fashion. She's 16. Um, she so was fun. like, You guys used to do some like you know, they always say the word fire. She's like, you used to do some fire collabs. I was like, oh yeah. She's like, yeah. As we did this collab with, I don't know if you remember, this is a long time ago. It was Suno, this brand that was, they did like these prints. And I, I know found, Suno. I found a pair of Leffler Randall for Suno heels. And they were huge. They were like, you know, they were like, so she has those. I found those on some. Amazing. Did you give them to her and be like, are these fire? Yeah, I did. They're new. They were never sold. It was crazy. Oh my um, so, but I haven't gone to, I, I do. I would think, look, in terms of resale, I am in like, I think in terms of like sustainability and resale, I, I like this idea. I like this channel. A lot of brands have built these things out. I would love to be able to offer kind of a, a credible resale business you know, on some knowable timeline. It, this year we integrated NetSuite across all data channels and that was a major lift. I'm kind of like, I want to be like system stable for like six months. So, you know. Then at resale, people are no doubt searching your stuff on all of these sites. You might as well own Poshmark. The I see it a lot on Poshmark. I don't know what this is, but yeah. No doubt. Oh my God. Well, Brian, I we were so spoiled with your time. This was so fun. Thanks for being so good so to open see you again. Honest. I like that you we match. Well. Um, yeah, <laughs> and I hope to see you in person, Brian. Thank you. <laughs> see ya. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. If you liked this episode, be sure to share it with someone else you think would. Thanks for listening to the Glossy Podcast.